0: Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I am your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you and your organization can partner with Booking Protect to deliver a world-class customer service experience, more personalization for your customers during their buying path, and you and your organization can create a new stream of revenue, visit them at BookingProtect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. My guest today is my good buddy, Tammy Gaw. You are going to know Tammy from her Twitter feed, which we kind of joke about on the podcast, at Tammy Gaw. That's Tammy, two M's and an I, T A M M I G A W. And I wanted to have Tammy on because I've been wanting to have her on for a while, and I figure, why not have her on now? Because uh, some of the stuff that she talks about a lot is kind of prevalent and right out front in the news right now. Um, We talked about uh, name and image rights, Um, the business model of the NCAA, uh, some of the stuff she's doing with FIFA. Um, We talked about Olympic sports. We talked about athletes' earning potentials. We talked about... um, I think we touched on antitrust law, uh, pre-existing conditions, uh, um, pro model of business versus college model of business. So we go on and on. Um, This one is probably a little bit fiery. Uh, I hope you will laugh at us. Um, But what we're talking about is really, really serious. We talk about, um, you know, pay and income equality, um, all kinds of stuff. This was a really fun one. I think you're going to dig it. Um, I'm going to have to keep this introduction a little short just because I have a little bit of a cold and my throat is killing me. But without anything else, uh, here's my conversation with Tammy Gaw on The Business of Fun. I want to welcome my friend Tammy Gaw to The Business of Fun podcast. Tammy, what's happening?
1: Oh, you know, just living life. Monday in D.C. Never a dull day.
0: Oh, oh never a dull day. Uh, right in the the mall of an impeachment uh, trial or whatever the hell that thing is. I don't know. I don't pay attention to the news these days. Um, I figure if something bad happens, I'll know. Unless I obvious fall- obvious you tell me. <laughs>
1: because the lobbyists the lobbyists leave town when Congress leaves town, so traffic around around downtown is much nicer today.
0: I was going to say there's nobody around. I dropped my son off at school this morning, and there was like four people. <laughs> On the play, four kids on the playground, I was like, "This is amazing." I should, I, was like, I should have gone out of town. It's great, um, but let let's talk about some stuff, some sports business stuff, some stuff, uh, because That's I cool. know I know that I have asked, you, wanted to have you on for a while, uh, because we've known each other for a while now since we met at a nice little happy hour, uh, and maybe this is the first time people are see, are hearing you that when you're not on Twitter. So maybe you tell people what you're up to right now. <laughs> Twitter.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, well, just uh, trying to stay on top of the uh, mistakes that the NCAA keeps making—tripping uh, over their own feet, stepping on rakes, that kind of thing. Uh, doing a little work on advocacy for amateur athletes, NCAA Olympic-wise. So, carrying that flag.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. And part of that's part of the reason to have you on here is because you are very vocal about protecting athletes. Uh, making sure that they get the respect and the rewards that they deserve. And, you know, and then of course stepping, the NCAA stepping on their own, on the rake or stepping on their own shoes or tying their shoelaces together, whichever, uh, descriptor we'd like to use for them today. And probably at some point all, all of them will apply today. Um, but what, what's the issue that you're focused on most right now?
1: Well, the, the name image and likeness is, uh, it's a big thing in the in the discussion right now it's gotten a lot of attention uh following the signing of the California bill but um i think it would be helpful Scooby Doo deal let's go back in time um when i started working in sports i actually started in sports medicine in the mid 90s and i was working for a division 1 team um for a football team and one of the things that i noticed was that ex athletes were coming into the athletic training room to try and see our doctors and to try and get treatment And it was because there were symptoms and injuries that manifested after college that insurance companies were saying were pre-existing conditions and they weren't covering them. So they were coming back in to just try and be able to see our doctors and maybe get some treatment. Um, the team doctors would work out a, you know, a lot of times they'd work out a cash payment, um, for us if a surgery was, was necessary and that kind of thing. And so even back then I knew something was a little off and you know, we're talking, a decade plus before the Affordable Care Act. And so insurance companies could literally refuse coverage for pre-existing conditions. They could just say no. And if you had an ACL tear in college, and even if it was a very well-repaired ACL, down the line, you're going to get meniscus problems. There's there's really no way to avoid it. And so they were considering these meniscus problems, for instance, to be a pre-existing condition because they were attached to the ACL injury. And I knew that there there's something wrong with the fact that colleges were able to just sort of wash their hands of these kids once they went on um, into their lives. And of course, we all know from the NCAA's own promotional videos that most of their athletes go pro in something other than sports. They like to tell you that. So cut to mid-2000s, I go to law school, come back out and decide that I don't actually want to do conventional legal practice, but what I want to do is advocate for these, quote, amateur athletes. And the Affordable Care Act kind of helped address the uh the, the the insurance or the at least the access to some coverage. But you start getting into the business of sports, and you know this as well as I do, and we can dig into this, but the NCAA is essentially a cartel. And they're a cartel that prevents most of their athletes from in any way making money on their abilities during the only window that most of them have a chance to. And so what I decided to do and kind of Reads into my the attitude that that I give on Twitter, uh, which is 100% the attitude I give if you run into me on the street, um, is that it's time for people that understand how the business of college sports works, that are on the sides of the athletes, to start loudly advocating for that. Um, so that's where that's where I'm at right now. Um, doing work through through my consulting firm. I think my father is finally, after all these years of realize that i'm never going to get a job as an athletic director uh so he's he's finally settled on the fact that running my own shop is is probably the best way for me to do this
0: i'm never going to get a job as an athletic director i like i like that as it, a descriptor yes <laughs> that should probably sail for both so of us
1: like <laughs> dad when I mean, first off i'm in my 40s and i'm going dad Literally a cursory review of my Twitter account and I am not hired. It's
0: not <laughs> right. Like the slightest bit of fact shaking. They're like, yeah, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, but no thanks.
1: <laughs> she might be a spy.
0: Yeah. I, and I love the way, and I'm going to share a little bit of the backstory on this. I was like, you you were like going, let's ease into the NCAA. You're like, and you go bull <laughs> full rushing right into the thing.
1: <laughs>
0: That's so great. You know
1: what? Or wide open for me, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so the NCAA is a cartel. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the O'Bannon case it has been probably the most uh, – or I guess it is the most famous example of this. Um, but one of the things about the kids not getting paid for their image rights, right, uh, which is uh, – or their likenesses or their names is played out when Zion Williamson – uh Did the Nike thing, right? I mean, that'd be a pretty um, easy example to show people of why this was important. Because he, or or even we could look at. uh, I went to Alabama. Tua Tonga uh had a hip injury the other day, Um, and those kids, like Zion, was was fortunately not injured. Right. But Tua could have a career threatening injury. And, you know, over the absolute, like the last two weeks, right, they've been talking about how in, you know, how much insurance is covered of him, you know, how much of, you know, what's the impact on his earning potential is. And a little bit this, this issue goes right to the heart of that because, Hey, I, I don't know Tua's family too well, but I can't imagine that they have a lot of money to pay for one of these loss of, uh, income of, um, policies, right? And, and, and really, I don't know that it should necessarily be, um, you know, something they're burdened with, right? Cause their kid's like, he's naturally gifted. He's a great kid. Um, you know, and now he's, now he's wondering if he's going to be able to like earn what he deserves due to his talent. Um, you know, but I'm going to leave it to you to explain a little bit more why this is so important and how this is impacting kids.
1: Well, I- as is true with most things, the devil's in the details. So these loss of earning potential, you know, like the, the policy that Zion had and, and um, that other top top notch athletes will have um, are not, you know, there there are a lot of hoops to jump through for those to come into effect. And so you're talking about he has to drop, you know, in Zion's case, he would have had to have dropped to X number in the draft and he would have had to do this. And so there are all of these different things that that take into account before this even before this even kicks in. It's like the NCAA's catastrophic injury policy. People like to say, well, they have a catastrophic injury policy. I have a copy of that catastrophic injury policy on my desk. You base. I mean, this is not a in fact. Tua's injury, I don't believe would actually qualify for the catastrophic injury policy. I mean, you're talking about broken neck, paralysis, you know, that kind of, you know, loss of a limb. So when you're talking about these, quote, insurance policies that cover anything else, yeah, the premiums are pretty high and they, they differ based on, uh, state and various other details unimportant to the, to the larger picture, but you know, the, the general idea of them is you're protecting the value of somebody in their future earnings while at the same time not allowing them to earn money while they're actually playing. You know, what happens if he comes back and he's fine, but he drops a bunch of draft spots, doesn't make a team, gets cut? That doesn't necessarily mean that he's followed, fallen into where this insurance policy would pay out, and it could have prevented him from doing all sorts of things down the line. I mean, a hip injury that, that lends itself, and I'm going to put my medicine hat back on. You know, that, that goes into, in his mid-30s, he might have a gait problem. He might not be able to walk correctly. He might have a low back issue. I mean, there are so many different things that fall out from this that when people go, well, he has this injury coverage policy, it should be fine. It's not fine. It's never been fine.
0: Yeah. No, exactly right. And I, and I think too, you know, people go, Oh, well, they get a free education. They get this, they get that. And I'm going to, and I'll be honest, you know, I did go to Alabama. Um, you get a great, you get a great education and you get a, a lot of accoutrements, uh, if you go to the University of Alabama. But the thing is, is like, that's not all kids. Number one. And then number two is like, so many of these kids come from like poverty. Right? Uh, so they don't even have the money to do their own laundry if they wanted to or to buy anything other than ramen noodles if they're not eating at the training table. And, you know, to me it seems like if you're spending all this money on training facilities and coaching staffs and all these things, what, what does it hurt to give? make sure a kid has even a couple hundred bucks a month or something just so they can have, like, a little bit of freedom?
1: Listen. Listen. Hey,
0: I'm, it, and I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here, right? Or maybe I'm not even playing devil's advocate. I'm just like being honest, remembering what it was like to be a poor college kid.
1: <laughs> no, I, that listen was to the that was to the people, to the people out in the public on the streets, talking all the foolishness that don't understand how it is to be inside. You are exactly right. Those kids, not all of them are on scholarship. I mean, I'll just tick through the deal. You said. You know, that doesn't apply to all of them. Not all college athletes are on full scholarships. There are walk-ons that are subjected to the same restrictions as an athlete that has a full scholarship. Check. Training tables. Awesome. They're wonderful if you're able to get to them while they're open. Traveling athletes, late-night things, baseball coming back on from a road trip on a bus at 1 in the morning, that training table is not open. Bam. Facilities. Texas redoes their locker rooms. Those lockers cost $10,000 apiece. You're telling me those kids wouldn't rather have... Part of that money in their pocket. Something in the neighborhood of 53%, I believe, of football and basketball players come from families that are eligible for Pell Grants. So that goes to the, that goes to the lower income stuff. So these kids should be able to give money back to their families based on the work that they're actually doing. A full-time job, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, And then you get to, well, yeah, they get an education. You know who else gets an education? Rhodes Scholars. There are plenty of people on full academic scholarship. There is a theater student on a full scholarship who is allowed to sign an autograph, get paid to do a show. In fact, they're encouraged to do a show and do this all in the aftermath. College athletes? Nope, not allowed. Because what? They get a sweatsuit? Please.
0: Right. Right. Uh, exactly. I mean, I remember when I, when I was in school, like a number of, um, walk-ons, right? They lived in my dorm and it it was not a glamorous thing because they were still eating in the Paddy Hall, um, dining hall. They weren't even necessarily getting to the, the trainer's table. It's just, you know, it, it just doesn't mix with reality. And I think, you know, and this is like where you go back to like the business model is skewed. It's like, you're almost making it so that the kids have to do these under the table deals because there's no other way, right? You're incentivizing people to act poorly or to do things that may be illegal or dangerous or unethical, whatever you want to, however you want to describe it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the, and we could go, I mean, my office looks like a murder board. It has just ties, you know, tying everything together. I, in four court cases, I can bring you from Ed O'Bannon to the Catholic church, in Four Degrees of... (laughs) (laughs) Forget Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Four Degrees of Ed O'Bannon.
0: We've got Um, Ed (laughs)
1: O'Bannon. They can do that. But, you know, there's so many different, there's so many different little aspects of it that, you know, that people aren't talking about or just the various fallout, like you were saying, of all of these different these different things that these kids can and cannot do what the walk-ons are and are not allowed to do. And it's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling because you sit there and listen to everybody say everybody's broke. Clemson backed up the Brinks truck for Dabo Swinney. And that man has the absolute temerity to stand up and say that athletes that want to get compensated are entitled. you need to go all the way over to the other side of the room because that is absolutely absolutely—it – that is inexplicable irony and hypocrisy. When you sit there and you say, well, everybody's broke, and every single person in the system is being paid off the back of kids that are not getting paid for the work and putting their bodies on the line. And, I mean, that is plantation economics. I don't care. That is plantation economics. The only other system that works like that where unpaid labor, which is largely – men and women of color is making money for white administrators or the administrative complex like that is the NCAA and the prison system.
0: Tough to argue with that. And I I would also throw in maybe like most of uh, internet journalism as well, (laughs) but uh, in a lot of conferences uh, that I've been, that I've, that I've seen and heard of. Um, But no, you make a great point, right? And the optics I don't know exactly how you can say that if you're you have a hundred million dollar con contract um and I think that you know that draws a distinction because typically Nick Saban is pretty strong on making sure that the athletes are getting taken care of uh so um but still to, you know the kids should be having should be it's in,
1: I'm sorry it's taken care of according to his his determination
0: oh yeah 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 I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's uh innocent in this whole thing yeah. you know it's, it's just like how to stop um, oh yeah, but I was like, yeah, he's not as bad as that. That was like pretty much like, hey, look, um, I, you, I got mine. Is what I, it was basically what that came out came out to, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: it's, it, there's an Upton Sinclair quote that I toss around a lot, and it's uh, the the paraphrase of it is that you you cannot. Uh, Expect a man to understand something upon which his salary is based on him not understanding.
0: Oh, that's exactly right. You can, you, you can see that everywhere. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. not, this is outside of the scope of our conversation, but all you got to do is look at just sports business in general. Um, you know, like in America, like people are willfully ignorant of some of these structural challenges because, Hey, the TV money is rolling in. My job is secure. I'm out. I don't want to rock the boat.
1: Yeah. Well, but that and you, you know, you bring up a different, you know, sort of a thing. We've been talking about football and basketball. But one of the things that's come up around this name, image and likeness discussion that I'm, I'm glad, sort of, except it's being talked about by people that you could never expect to talk about women's sports at all. So you get all these people that are like, well, this might implicate Title IX. First of all, no, it doesn't. Um, outside parties paying Student athletes. Actually, I don't even say student athletes because that's a contrived definition created by the NCAA uh, in an effort to not pay workmen's compensation. So they're college athletes. Um, but you know, people people are saying, well, it, you know, it would implicate Title IX. First off, you've never said a thing about women's sports to me, so I'm going to ask you to sit this one out as well. You being the royal you, not you, Dave. We've had plenty to say about this, but <laughs>
0: I was like, no, don't <laughs> don't slam me. I mean, come on.
1: Royal you. This is not this is cheap. Um, these are some of the dudes that jump into my mentions uninvited and try and and tell me about college sports, which is which is precious.
0: Usually I see him.
1: Have, Yeah. What's tell me to go go back in the kitchen? I'm like, Well jokes on me because I can't cook to save my damn life. So <laughs> I see you. <laughs> but, but when you sit there and you listen to this, like let's, let's take it away from the basketball and football. Let's take it, let's take it to Olympic sports. Right. Um, you know, UCLA, Caitlin Ohashi does a viral floratine that gets the 110 bajillion views. I don't know what it's up to right now, but it might rival the moon landing
0: and it's likely to have a million more by the time we get done with this podcast. Let's just be honest. It's a freaking great yeah. video. I mean, she's amazing.
1: <laughs> ticking away and ticking away. So let's say that a shampoo company wants to give caitlin ohashi some money or sponsor you know her youtube channel or sponsor whatever she can't do that she can't take that money based on a video that went viral of her work missy franklin and katie ledecky they could have raked in and the olympics i mean i do i do work around the the amateurism facade that is the olympics as well but sticking with you know, the NCAA, you get these gymnasts and swimmers who tend to have their competitive careers at a very young age and they have to choose between taking sponsor money while they're competing and capitalizing on their career and being able to compete in college. Even if they didn't want a scholarship, just the ability to be able to compete at the college level, they couldn't take money way before they went to school. I mean, that's, it's absolutely ridiculous.
0: And the one I love, too, is like – so you bring up Katie Ledecky and you bring up a bunch of the Olympic athletes. The example – and this is – I love this because it's always – it doesn't matter. I'm going to use Mary Lou Retton here to make this point, but it doesn't matter. You can say, oh, well, look at uh, – I don't even know. Cam Newton, right? You can say you can all of them. They got paid later on in life. Those are the exceptions that prove the rule. because Absolutely. I mean that's just the truth of it.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it, – not every single person. And even if it's not, we're not talking about millions of dollars. That they can. Live, why shouldn't they be able to take a fifty thousand dollars deal from Wheaties? Right.
0: Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why might? They, why shouldn't they have enough money that maybe they can just like start creating a retirement plan for themselves, right? Based on the success of what they've done. Because, well, I mean, the people who are not playing the game of being um, amateur athletes, they're raking it in. They're getting endorsements or they're getting these deals, right? I mean, it just it's. It's, you're making it unfair, right? Because if we, if we go down the, the lane that so many people try to use for things, well, we're just trying to create parity or fairness in the system. Well, this is not fair. This just not, I mean, there's no way to, two ways to split it. It just isn't a fair system.
1: Well, same people that talk about fairness walk into the University of Oklahoma's end zone, uh, college facilities and then turn around and go walk around into UTEP, you know, or we're two places that I worked. Look at the difference between University of Oklahoma and UC Riverside. You know, you're going there already is the haves and the have dots Don't talk to me about parity. You know, we're not we're not playing that game.
0: No, well there I mean there parity is like one of the it's a fluid
1: concept. Yeah. Of the pa- Five. The power five and the mountain west are not the same thing, <laughs> you no, know?
0: No, exactly right. Or, you know, even within the power five, right? Well, I guess like if you take the power five or, or then you take big time men's college basketball, you know, to try to compare apples to a little bit less like oranges, they're not the same. They're completely different. Right? The scale of everything that's done at some place like the University of Oklahoma is different even than, um, and I'll say this because this is close to home. The Villanova Wildcats basketball team, right? It's a different scale, right? You might be like, oh yeah, well, look at those guys. They have it great. It's a whole different scale. And it's just, it's just not a a system that you should allow to just. Operate just willy nilly, which I think is like the the legal term for the way that the thing happened. most things happen now willy nilly
1: it is that's a that's very much a law school one on one it was on the bar it oh. a, you know oh absolutely it was how how do you how do you incorporate the doctrine of willy nilly <laughs>
0: uh, I'm glad i did you know I took one business law class uh i think in the second semester of my freshman year I'm glad it's finally paid off. Oh, you're expert. You're an expert. You're, you're an expert. <laughs> I'm as good as most of the people on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's how it is. If, you, if you watch a college football game, you're, you're an expert on college football, right? I mean, that's what I'm told.
0: I, I believe that is correct. I, um, I, I know a couple of um, college, uh, college reporters, and I, I tell them all the time, I go, uh, that one game I watch a week and that six-pack of beer I drink while I'm watching it makes me more of an expert than all of you combined. And they usually agree, I think, but I think it's because I'm picking up the bar (laughs) tap.
1: Bribery. Yeah, well. Young man, bribery.
0: Look, everybody's got an angle. That's just mine. (laughs) Bribery. So, so where, so where are these issues moving, right? So like, um, you know, I, I know that it's very tough for people to follow something like this debate, right? Or people, you know, or you got your, uh, your bros who are like, going, well, bro, nobody should be paid. Cause it's college, bruh. Um, and I'm like, well, well, did you deliver pizzas while you're in college, bruh? Um, you got paid, right? So let these kids get paid for something, do it, you know, for doing a job because they can't go get a, a job, delivering pizza or doing whatever. Um, you know, how can people follow, you know, what's next here? You know, uh, we, we've seen the O'Bannon thing. Um, we've seen, you know, there's been some new laws and some new rules that have been laid down uh, as far as compensation or in California, I believe. Um, you know, what's going on? Like, what's next? Like, where 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 will our attention go to or where should it go to next?
1: Okay. That's I mean there there that is was my, probably too much
0: that I asked but you know uh, again I'm I'm just a podcaster not a journalist.
1: I don't know. You're my you're my dude. Um but but you're not wrong. So it's you know what are we doing what are we doing now? And the shifts around the California law are they have they have started a a cascading effect. To a certain extent, Um, I will do one thing that I wish people understood more about because it's, you know, NIL and name, image, and likeness is a sort of an easy throwback around it. But the thing that gets caught up in some of these outside benefits, as the NCAA likes to call it, is not even just taking a job. It's whether or not someone can offer you a meal. You know, can you go over to your friend's grandfather's house? for Sunday lunch. Technically, that is an impermissible benefit in certain perceptions. And so you're saying every single thing these kids do is under scrutiny. So, yeah, you're talking about this larger scale NIL. Ed O'Bannon, champion of this, like, we would not be here if it wasn't for him. And I try and shout him out on Twitter whenever I can. Um, By the way, buy his book also. Support the man. Um, Also, it's not his fault you don't have your video game. That's the NCAA's fault get out of his mentions um, but you know when you talk about they're like they're going to allow college athletes to get paid for their name image and likeness I don't even like it when we say allowed because everyone has a right to their own face and so when we talk about we're going to allow them to get paid what the California law really says and there are you know, there are things that I wish it had done differently but I'll I'll definitely take it for you know it the iteration that it's in now but. What it said is the NCAA can't prevent or punish an athlete or school from allowing a kid to make money on his name, image, and likeness. So it's basically not granting them a right. It's to stop preventing them from exercising a right they should already have, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense, right? It's not rewarding. It's not awarding them something that they haven't earned. It's just saying they can't earn, they can earn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's pulling the denial away. So that's, that's the one thing when I wish people would talk about it. I wish they'd flip the script on the language a little bit because, you know, you have a right to your name. It is yours. No one can quote allow you to use it. So the NCAA doesn't get any credit for me for saying that they'll stop stealing from unpaid labor. You know, it's just not, it's just not a thing. So. California but this is an important
0: ha- thing, though, right? I, and I don't want people to miss it, is that the language is important, right? Absolutely. Because the language that's being used is most of the time making it feel, I'm trying to frame it so that it seems like the kids are just going to get a handout. And it's not a handout. It's that they're, they're right now not allowed to earn yep. money based on the skills that they have. It, it has nothing to do with giving or taking away. It's that they're barred. From doing mm-hmm. it, it's a legal thing, a legal definition.
1: If I'm yeah. Not, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I mean, illegal in, in as much as it's the NCAA's guidelines. Wow. Um You know, it's not like like you said, the- it's a cartel. Yeah, it, it's cartel. It is an absolute cartel. And if you look at the language around it, if we're going to be <laughs> really specific, and I'm glad that we are, if you look at the language around it, think think about the way people talk about it. Will we give them a place to live. And we give them food and we allow them to do this and we allow them to do that. I'm not speaking in hyperbole when I say if you look at the language around rationalization for keeping slaves, it was the, it's the exact same language. And you can be mad at me for it. Again, the royal you because I know you're not. But people can be angry about it. But when you think about it, they're not good enough. We can't trust them. You know, you hear people saying, "Well, we're going to give." How do we know how they would spend these money? They're just college kids. It's none of your damn business how they spend their money.
0: Well, how do we know how you're going to spend money? You're an adult. You could, but you could be a moron. (laughs) Thank you. You probably are a
1: moron. I don't know. Probably so because everyone. (laughs) I am.
0: (laughs) I can only speak (laughs) for myself.
1: I was like, my God, the fact that I ended up walking out of college as, as a civilized human being was probably pretty, pretty much a miracle. But, you know, you hear Mitt Romney get up and granted, he's going to try and join forces with Chris Murphy, the senator from Connecticut, who's been doing great work on this. But, you know, he's talking about, well, we don't want to, you know, what happens if, you know, there's some kids are driving Ferraris and, and things like that. I don't know where you went to school, but there were plenty of cars nicer than the 85 Ford Mustang with rear wheel drive that I drove.
0: That's exactly right. I mean, I didn't have a car in college. Uh, so no. but yeah, I mean, there was tons of kids who had Mercedes or, you know, yeah. there was every see, bad stereotype of uh, daddy, you know, daddy buying their way through college that you could
1: imagine. Absolutely. So when you sit there and you talk about, well, we can't grant them the right to this. There is very there's a lot of plantation labor language going on. In it, it's very very similar. So before people jump into my mentions and get super angry, just marinate on that for a second, <laughs> and see if you can understand where I'm coming from. But um, so back to your question of where we're at. So we've got California. You know, there they took a good with that. Uh, I wish it was going to be sooner uh, because I think that gives the CIA some room and they already tried you saw them announce that they're going to have a meeting to have a meeting to take a meeting to talk about a meeting about name image and likeness um people love meetings <laughs> i mean you know, they're just you look at the bullet point was like as long as it's within the collegiate model which in case you're wondering you say tammy what is the collegiate model the only answer is whatever the ncaa says it is at that time because they change it in order to fit whatever rationale they're trying to do. I was so, going to say
0: that, like whatever they, it, it, they make it up as they go. I mean, I, you know, you say cart, you said cartel earlier, and um, you know, I don't know if it fits a, the definition of the term, but it does. Like, it is a very flimsy set of rules that they play by.
1: Well, it does fit the definition of a term, but technically we could call them a monopsony as well. But that's just way too.
0: You get bigger <laughs> words in your vocabulary than I do, so we we'll I'm well, going to leave it to you.
1: Everybody, go hang out on Andy Schwartz's Twitter timeline if you want sports economics broken down in a palatable in a palatable way. Um, but you know, so they say that they're gonna they're gonna do they're gonna look into doing this name, image, and likeness as it you know as long as it falls within the collegiate model, which like we said is basically a Rorschach test. It's like what what do you see at the time? Um so they did that because they realized that there was this onslaught of all of these different states coming up with their own iterations. Now the one thing that I will say the NCAA is objectively correct in saying is that having disparate laws in each state does make it difficult. Now the answer to that would be then just lift the restriction across the board. And then you don't have to deal with these individual laws, but they're not going to do that because it's the first step into considering college athletes, employees, and they don't want to do that because then the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. But you get, you know, there are several other states, uh, Florida, uh, Georgia, Maryland, um, Ohio, New York, Colorado. Um, you know, there's there's either at the federal level, Or in state legislatures like the one in California, there are bills that are being brought up to address this. And even within those, they're different. Some of them say, you know, they're more name, image and likeness. The one in Florida that I I have a problem with, at least the last iteration that I read, um, has a thing that specifically legislates that college athletes are not employees and cannot be paid as such. So the NCAA would love that because they're like, hey. That's 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 good. We'll, that's we'll stick. That's what we in. can get on board for, yeah. Yeah. So that needs to come out. But you know, you look at the one in New York. From what I understand, and the last iteration I read in New York, they're talking about setting up a, a medical fund that would it would require there to be a fund for um medical bills that come up after you know the NCA and the individual institutions have washed their hands of these kids. So that's cool. You know, th- that's a that's a good thing. But, you know, you get all of these different, you get all these different levels and that is going to be somewhat problematic. So it's going to have to be worked out. But when the NCAA says, well, we're just not going to play California schools. I said, oh really? You're just going to, the Rose Bowl gone. You're just done with the Rose. Bowl?
0: Okay. USC is out. UCLA, you're done with. Good, good.
1: Sure. It's fine. Baseball without the West Coast. Great. Sure. Try that. You know, it's, it's just, it's such, it's such hubris like they are going – the NCAA is going to die on its own sword at the tip of Mount Hubris, and I will salt the ground with its ashes because they did it to themselves.
0: Well, you know, that's uh, – I mean I think that the way I've looked at it is that we are hitting the end of a cycle. And a lot of these things in sports business, right? And then I'm going to lump the NCAA in the middle of this. And what we're going to see is that a lot of the um, flimsy foundations that so much of this stuff is built on are going to crumble. And what's going to come and then something new is going to be built out of it. What what I don't understand is it seems that like so many institutions, they're accelerating their own demise out of. And you like you said, out of hubris or mine is, you know, to me, it seems almost out of some sort of form of myopathy. Uh, and it's just like they can't see what the world looks like around them because they're just so close to their own, like their own belly button in most cases that they can't get out of their own way. I mean, these are issues that are like the world is changing around them and they're just like, yeah, nah, we're good, dude. We're good.
1: Well, and I think that, I mean, that actually brings up another, you know, a great point. You're talking about all these administrators, which for the majority are older and white. And so when you talk about the idea that college athletes can't be Instagram influencers to them, you may as well be asking your dog to do math. They don't understand necessarily what that means or what that means in the context of the next generation, but a kid coming out who already has 300,000 followers by the time they're in high school, you know, for the NCAA to look and go, well, you have to close that down. Imagine the different ways you can tell them to go piss off. You know, it's like they don't understand that they're it's literally this is not an analog AOL dial up world that they were used to. Um, Well,
0: some of these ideas, too, are even beyond before that. They're just like still stuck in like when you had two newspapers, a morning and an evening one. Right. And that was the only way you got your news. And Walter Cronkite came on at six o'clock to tell you what to think. I mean, that's still the world that like it seems like a lot of them are operating in.
1: Yeah. Well, and so you get you get that. That's one thing. But then, like you said. The, you know, the system is changing and people are starting to realize that there are flaws in the system. And one of the things that people, you know, that comes up in the context of a lot of different things are things like, uh, you know, women in coaching. Why are there so many men coaching women's teams? Where's the funnel to develop women's coaches? That kind of thing. Well, I'm going to take it and peel the onion back to the college level. If you're a softball player and you have the ability to go work at a clinic, and work on your coaching skills and start your networking skills while doing something that you're clearly, that you clearly love that you could do in the summertime. So it doesn't affect your, you know, doesn't affect your, um, you know, your, your travel schedule. It doesn't interfere with school. It doesn't interfere with a lot of these things. Um, that's, that is an easy way to get women into the funnel of developing women coaches, but they're not allowed to do that because that's considered being paid being they, rewarded, yeah. In conjunction with their with their sporting acumen. And they're not allowed to do that. So I think that, you know, women are also starting to stand up and go, Okay, old white dudes, you know, you've been running the show for a minute. We got problems with the way the show is being run. Let's figure out, you know, what needs to go on with this. And so the that's part of why I said the name image and likeness is sort of you know people think about as getting on a commercial to sell cars or something like that, but it's even more insidious than that. It's the kind of thing that just denies these kids the ability to network and develop their future their future uh well, yeah. networks yeah. you know in the window no. that most that most of them the only window most of them have because women also don't have the ability to go pro in a lot of sports right.
0: well it brings up another point too, which is like. Don't penalize these girls, right, for, um, you know, trying to gain the most that they can from their college experience. Because, uh, call me stupid, most a lot of people have. But them going and working on a coaching certification or developing, like, coaching skills, in what world is that, like, some sort of professional compensation? That's just them, to me, learning something that will be useful for them after they get out of college, right? Which goes along with some of those stupid ass um prerequisite like classes that they have to take as well, right? I mean, it's just to me it's just the same thing and it's just ludicrous.
1: Yeah, no, you're not stupid. That's correct.
0: I'm <laughs> stupid for other reasons.
1: <laughs> that's Exactly correct. You are not stupid. Right. No, uh,
0: but that's the way I look at it, and maybe it's, maybe it's just my background that l- lends me that. Because I mean, the same thing. I, I mean, and this is we haven't touched on this at all, but I, it fits into this too. It's like the ongoing argument about how much the WNBA players should be paid, right? And and should they have um, not pay parity? with men, right? Because it's, it's not arguable that the women bring in as much as the men from a revenue standpoint. But what I think that is not defensible is that they don't get the same percentage of Correct. compensation. I mean, and and that's all they're arguing for. And I was like, "Well, it's tough for me to disagree with them." Right? If the men get 50%, the women should get 50%, right? It's a smaller pie so they get less money, but they still get the same cut of the pie. Yep. I mean, well, it, it just seems it- logical to me.
1: It works in countries all over the world. It's just we, in, in the United States, we have a very, um, myopic, patriarchal, sometimes entirely asinine way of looking at men's and women's sports, um, you know, broken, broken down, but you, you know, it, it just, it gets, it gets shown wherever wherever it has a chance you know you've got these panels at some of these conferences and they say well we bring on representatives from the four major leagues you're going well that's interesting so what if we want to know what the labor situation is like in the wnba you know what if we want to know what it's like for you know in the various iterations of uh the professional women's soccer leagues that have come you know what well, what right. If, I mean, that's that a deal? great
0: point, right? Because like, you know, you're celebrating the, the U.S. women's national team this summer, right? During the World Cup. Um, and then as soon as they get back and they say, Hey, look, we want to just get, you know, equal pay, right? Which is just, you know, the same share of, of the pie, not the, not the same pie, just the, the, of their pie that the men are getting, right? And you're telling them to sit down and shut up. Yep. I mean, you know, whether or not you even like, the, you know, or prefer the women's sports over the men's sports. It's irrelevant, right? It's just that the argument itself is, to me, is offensive.
1: Yeah. No, and they're, I mean, you know, it's objective. It's, it's just objectively correct and objective fairness. To be is fair, that-
0: too, some of these women's athletes, they have way better personalities. And if they ever want to come on and talk to me, they're, they're welcome
1: anytime. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> it is, it is almost. <laughs>
0: I'm plugging everything
1: today. Amount that I am just live in daily fascination of Ashlyn Harris. Yeah, I wake up and I go, you know, I'm pretty cool and I'm great, but I will never, I will never be as badass as that woman. She is so freaking amazing. And every time Megan Rapinoe opens her mouth, I just go, uh huh, yeah, okay, we're gonna do this. And in the meantime, I couldn't tell you the last time the men's national team qualified to. Show up early for my metro train. You know, I, I, you're sitting here in the presence of greatness. I was walking around the FIFA museum last week in Zurich and, you know, all these women, all these women, and then you get like one row of the Women's World Cup. And I'm going, well, uh, we can see that from the top down how that, how that carries on. So, Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's bonkers, Dave. It's, you know, you get, I'm willing to engage in discussions about because there are, you know, if you talk about paying college athletes, that's that's pretty nuanced because there are issues about taxes and, you know, things like that. But it's not difficult. I mean, it happens in every school, in every state. People are employed by the university. It's not difficult. Right. Um, I mean, I had but, a work study
0: job. They can do it. I know.
1: Yeah. Right. I got paid as a student athletic trainer. So I'm sitting here walking around with these kids that are putting their bodies on the line and I'm actually getting paid at least a little bit of money. And they're getting paid nothing, even ones that were on the same scholarship status. So we're, you know, we're, we're out the, we're, we're out the same amount on tuition and fees, but I'm allowed to make money standing on the exact same football field that they were and they're not.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you don't have to convince me. I mean, yeah. I'm no fun to argue with because I agree with you on this, on this stuff. It's, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, fairness to the kids. Um, you know, Compensating them, I mean, you know, and like I said earlier, it's not even like you're you're talking about giving them like huge sums of money. You give them enough to have a little dignity as they go through school. I think would go a long way, right? Because you have to recognize that there is a tremendous value in like all of the facilities they have, all of the you know the the things that they get. But still, it shouldn't be like where you know, like you said. A friend can't have them over for dinner because that would be a, uh you know, some kind of extra benefit that they get. Right. And they they don't have money to take their, uh, a boyfriend or girlfriend out on a date. I mean, these are all ridiculous things.
1: Well, there's I cannot remember the coach's name, but it should be easy enough to find. Iowa has spent, I don't know, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to investigate a coach who was fired for uh helping an athlete pay rent so that she wasn't evicted. So they fired him. And have spent tens of thousands of dollars investigating him. Yeah. Is that a good use of the money? So that a kid is not living on the street? Are you out of your gosh darn mind? Right. Look at me trying not to curse. Look at me trying. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's bonkers, and it's the car- the house of cards is going to fall. I mean, I'm full disclosure, and I've been you know, carrying this flag for longer than the HBL. But there's a there's a uh, a new league starting uh, called the historical basketball league. And it is, uh, paying college basketball players right now. It's men's men's players. Um, but it's paying them to play college basketball. It's outside of the the construct of the NCAA, but it treats them as employees. So they have, they get paid, they have work comp, they have retirement benefits. Um, it is, they have guaranteed scholarship. So they can't, they can't lose a scholarship if they get hurt. Um, and they play during the summer. So it doesn't interfere with their schooling at all. So they can study abroad if they want. They can, uh, take an internship. They can take lab classes because that's again, when you just start peeling in, a lot of times athletes are pushed away from science classes because three hour labs interfere with their practice schedule. I had to take my cadaver anatomy lab in the summer because it, I couldn't get into one that didn't interfere with afternoon practices in the middle of the, in the middle of the day in the sports medicine department. So I had to take my cadaver anatomy class in the summer. And so some of these kids can't take science and engineering classes because they're literally forced into degrees that they may not want that fit in with the scheduling that the university and the hold that they want to have over their, um, over their schedules. And so you've got kids then that are graduating. Maybe they're in the classes that they don't like pursuing a career they didn't want to have that may not make that money on the outside. So again, it just, every single time you peel back an onion, it's just one more way that these kids are screwed over. And sure, they get nice sweatsuits. Well, you know what they don't get? Outfits they can wear to interviews. Right. You know, last I checked, I can't wear my sideline jacket on Capitol Hill. I mean, I guess I could, but that's not. Uh, you, that's you, you,
0: really... Trying to talk fashion about DC, you're, you're, you're going to run into a wall because I'm, I'm spoiler alert. It ain't a fashionable place.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I mean,
0: nice. I, I think it's, um, you know, to me, it's like, you know, some of these arguments that trying to hold this thing together are ridiculous. And if you're promoting the idea that 99 plus percent of your, of your athletes go pro in something other than the sport that they play in college, then you should be doing everything in your power to ensure that they can get the job that they yep. want and desire when they get out of college, because you know that 99 plus percent of them That's what they're going, that's what they're playing their sport for is to give them the capacity and the ability to do the job that they want to. And Lord knows that like as tough as the economy is and as tough as it is to make your way in the world today, we shouldn't be putting up roadblocks in kids' ways. Just to like support a system that like has probably uh, seen its best days past. But that's me. What do I
1: know,
0: though? Um,
1: I say you know a lot.
0: Right, well, thank you for that. Now, Tammy, where people fi- can find people find you on the internet? I already told them about Twitter, but you you go ahead. You tell people where to find you.
1: Nice. So I'm I'm at Tammy Gaw on all of my handles. Um, even stuff I never use. I always make sure I get my name because I can't have people acting foolish in my name. Um, <laughs> i
0: leave that for myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, if I'm, there's going to be foolishness. <laughs> it's going to be at my own hand, and my own thumbs. <laughs> so uh, that's what you can find me, um, on Twitter. I've got my company is advantage rule. So you can find me at advantage or at tammygod.com. I've got a newsletter that I put out, um, you know, every couple of weeks, mostly on amateurism and and uh, the crossover between law and medicine, because there are, to the best of our knowledge, there's only nine of us that are board certified in both medicine and law. Um, this way, so uh, you talk about
0: niching down. You did a great job. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I can take off my med, you know I put on my medical hat and talk to lawyers sometimes, then I put on my legal hat and talk to the medical folks. So um, you can you can find me you can find me at Advantage Rule. Sign up for the Sign up for the newsletter. I promise I don't annoy you, and I never sell names to uh, marketing firms. So oh, perfect.
0: there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you.
0: There it was, my conversation with Tammy Gaw. We burn it down. Um, to find out what I'm up to, you visit my website. It's DaveWakeman.com. Uh, This is December now, and I'm going to be putting up a whole bunch of crazy stuff, probably some predictions about the future of tickets in 2020, uh, all kinds of interesting stuff. Um, You'll notice some crazy new ideas coming out. Um, Make sure you connect with me on the LinkedIn and on, on the Twitter. I hear the rumor that Twitter is going to deactivate accounts that have not been used in many years that may mean that i'm finally going to get the at dave wakeman twitter handle we can only hope um, make sure you get my newsletter it's talking tickets It comes out once a week it's five top stories from the week with a l- little bit of analysis for me about why it matters and how to take advantage of it to create opportunities for your business you can get that by visiting my website DaveWakeman.com. there's a link that says get talking tickets boom you're in um, make sure you check out my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Uh, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com and find out how you can become their partner so that you can give your customers a world-class customer service experience. You can allow them a more customized buying journey, and you can create new revenue for your business. So check them out, www.bookingprotect.com. Uh, I'm going to go have some more NyQuil or DayQuil or something, and i As always, thank you for being here, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.